listening to The Martial Brain, the podcast that explores the intersection between the martial arts, science, critical thinking, skepticism, and that wacky organ that floats inside our skulls in a pool of cerebral spinal fluid, making life unpredictably inspiring, infuriating, and sometimes just batshit crazy. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Martial Brain. The Forgotten War, the Philippines, the USA, war, colonialism, and the martial arts. Part 19. Last time, I described for you the establishment of the Philippine Constabulary. I'm going to continue the story of the Constabulary in future podcasts. But the next two will cover the last real purely political struggles against the Americans by Filipinos. After Theodore Roosevelt declared victory in 1902, the last few insurrecto leaders who commanded enough troops to call themselves general, at least without it being a joke, included Luciano San Miguel and Macario Sakai, both of whom would fight on for several more years. San Miguel was killed by Filipino scouts in 1905. But I find the story of General Sakai especially interesting. And I hope you do too, because I want to tell you about him in this episode and the next. Now, telling a story from history is fraught with difficulty. Of course, you need to check multiple sources to try to come up with some sort of cross-referenced consensus and to get as close to the truth as you can. But another problem is, where do you start? No matter what date, event, or person you select, there will always be relevant dates, events, and people that came even earlier. It's much harder to decide what to leave out of the story than decide what to put in. I made a choice when I began this series on the Philippine-American War to begin a few years before with the Spanish-American War. That has worked out well so far. But for today's story, I'm going to need to tell you a bit more than I have about the rebellion of the Filipinos against the Spanish that ended before that story began. I'll try to be quick about this. Spain had never treated the Philippines well. For its first 250 years under the Spanish flag, this huge archipelago with an equally huge population wasn't even allowed the dignity of being a separate colony. It was governed as a province of Mexico, which is 9,000 miles away to the east. After Mexico won its independence in 1821, the Philippines finally became a direct colony. Filipinos rose in rebellion against Spain on numerous occasions, and these rebellions were always put down without mercy, using massive and bloody force. Both the Spanish government and the Catholic Church were responsible for a long list of atrocities and indignities visited upon the Philippine people. By 1896, it had been long enough since the last rebellion that the hatred of the Filipinos for the Spanish once again outgrew their fear of them. By this time, the man who would posthumously come to be considered the national hero of the Philippines, author and intellectual José Rizal, had written two hugely popular novels and a large number of essays which did not depict Spain and the Catholic Church in a very flattering light. In 
but they were brilliantly written pieces, and many Filipinos hungrily consumed them. Despite the fact that he expressed clear disapproval and even distaste for armed rebellion, the Spanish found his writing so inflammatory that they imprisoned and eventually executed him. This, of course, made him a martyr. And, of course, you can't eradicate the memory of a martyr. So, after his death, the Filipino people continued to be fired by his words. Well, except for the part about not engaging in armed rebellion. This inspiration fueled the establishment of an underground revolutionary organization known as the Katipunan. Its first leader was named Andres Bonifacio. In 1896, two years before the Spanish-American War, Bonifacio commanded his followers to begin a military struggle against the Spanish. A young man named Macario Sakai was one of the original members of the Katipunan, and once fighting began, Sakai became one of Bonifacio's generals. Now, as anyone who's been around humans very long will already know, once a lot of them get together for a common purpose, they will soon divide up into factions within that group. So, as the rebellion grew, rival factions appeared and grew within the Katipunan. Bonifacio and his followers were opposed by a group that included Emilio Aguinaldo. You remember Aguinaldo. He's the man whom we first met in Hong Kong, way back in Episode 1, before the Spanish-American War began. At the point when the Philippine rebellion against the Spanish ended, Aguinaldo was the leader. When war broke out between the Filipinos and the Americans, he was still the leader. So what happened to Andres Bonifacio? Well, in 1897, Aguinaldo had essentially staged a coup, arrested Bonifacio and his brother, and had him executed, cementing his control over most of the rebellion. But there were die-hard followers of Bonifacio that refused to follow Aguinaldo. One of them was Macario Sakai. Now, Sakai continued to lead his men against the Spanish, but it's suggested by the historical record that he hated Aguinaldo and wanted nothing to do with coordinating or allying with him. In any case, you've heard the rest of what happened to Aguinaldo in my earlier episodes. But today I'm talking about Macario Sakai. Here's a little background. He was born in Manila in 1870. Sakai was his mother's surname. He never knew his father. He began working for a living from an early age as a barber, a tailor, and even an actor. Now, the acting part ties directly back into the martial arts. He acted in a type of play called Moro Moro, or Comedia. This was a type of theater that had been encouraged by the Spanish. It depicted battles between Christian Filipinos and the Muslim inhabitants of the southern islands. The fight scenes in these plays are given a great deal more planning and execution than those shown in many other cultures. I've trained to one degree or another with quite a few different Filipino instructors. More than one of them has taught me drills that were drawn directly from the Moro Moro Theater. In any case, in 1894, Sakai joined the political organization that would become the Katipunan. The young actor had become a revolutionary. He soon began working for the Kalayaan, 
the official newspaper of the Katipunan. His acting job made a perfect cover for traveling from town to town, distributing printed leaflets and other material to like-minded Filipinos. Then in 1896, the Katipunan changed from a political party into a revolutionary army. Sakai was inseparable from Andres Bonifacio, who was now called El Supremo in the early days of the fighting. But then, sometime after a devastating loss to the Spanish at the Nanka River, Sakai seems to have dropped out of the history texts, and little is known of his activities in the next few years. Also around that time, as I already told you, our old friend Emilio Aguinaldo seized power from Andres Bonifacio and had him executed. The rebellion continued for the better part of another year before the Spanish bought off Aguinaldo and his lieutenants, setting them up in cushy exile in Hong Kong and putting a stop to the fighting. Of course, you know Aguinaldo's story from there. The Americans enticed him into coming back and resuming the rebellion and then the armed struggle shifted from Filipinos fighting the Spanish to Filipinos fighting the Americans. As you also know, the Americans completely defeated the Filipinos in conventional fighting, and the war shifted to an asymmetrical guerrilla conflict. Aguinaldo retreated to the mountains, where he was later captured in a brilliant raid by the American general Funston and his unit of Magabebe scouts. This is the time frame when Makario Sakai re-emerges in the history. And I'll tell you the rest of his story next time. Anyway, that's what I think. But I could be wrong. Let me know what you think, and check out old episodes of the Martial Brain podcast at my website, rpmartialarts.com. I'm Jeff Westfall for The Marshall Brain. The Marshall Brain is produced by Raging Squirrel Productions in association with the Rising Phoenix Martial Arts Academy. If you like the podcast and would like to help it grow, go to iTunes or Stitcher and give it an honest rating and review. Contact me with questions about The Marshall Brain or about the Rising Phoenix Academy at my website, rpmartialarts.com.